and welcome to the first ever podcast of Black Coffee with a Little Sugar. I'm Stan. I have with me Yvette and Jason, and um, we are going to get this thing going. We're excited about coming to you for the first time. We think we have a lot to say. Um, we want we want this to be fun. We want this to be informative, and um, we think it's very timely. So, quick introductions. We have a brother sister combo here, Stan and Yvette. If you need to know, we're black. <laughs> Thus the name, black coffee with little sugar, and we have an adopted brother, Jason, who is <sighs> white, and um, but sometimes he gets gets confused. I think. Oh, I get confused. Oh no, I'm the sugar. I'm. I know where my place is. <laughs> so um, we are. You know, everybody has a podcast these days, right? So we have another one, um, but we think ours is going to be unique. We want to we want to talk from the perspective of normal folks living in in communities and raising families and trying to have normal lives, living our best lives. But we, you know, we're not trying to be political pundits. We're not trying to be politicians. We're not trying to be scholars. And we don't know everything. But we're just like you. We have a voice. We have opinions. We have hopes. We have dreams. We have kids. And we feel like we want to be another voice out there that hopefully you can listen to and enjoy. What do you think about that, Yvette? That sounded pretty decent. Yeah, right? I mean, that was really decent. I mean, it was kind of long-winded, but it was really deep. <laughs> I mean, hey, we got I mean, 30 we're... minutes to fill. We got 30 <laughs> minutes to fill, baby. I mean, yeah, we're real folks. I mean, we go to church. I don't know about you, Stan. Yeah. Maybe you do. I don't know. Yeah. That's, um, a different, that's a different podcast. <laughs> um, we got babies that we're trying to take care of. We're not running for our office. And, you know, sometimes I think that you probably ought to think about that. Stand, but you know, oh yeah, I don't know. You mm-hmm. might have done some stuff. Maybe I, I don't tell, know. I want to be able. I want to be able to tell the truth and not have to lie every day. I, I, I'd have to. I'd have to have some. Uh, we, we, we know some of the stories. I, I, they'd have to find a way to hide some of us to make sure he could get up there like the old days. <laughs> yeah, we're just real people, just trying to to live and 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 grow and and be. I think people yeah. will relate to what we have to say. Um, you know, there are a lot of people who made great sacrifices for us to be able to to do this thing right here. So, yeah, I think it's it's a good as time as any. What about you, dude? Yeah, dude. Uh, you know, it, it it's it's about like you said, having somebody you can listen to that you can that can you can relate to that's lived your experience that maybe has taken it a different direction than you taken it. Um, not being preached to or, or talked down to, but being being talked to, and hopefully people can hear us and, and enjoy us. But also, I, I think learn a little bit, or at least feel a little bit something that something that might starts a little, sparks a little change for folks. So make sure it keeps it going. Uh, we live in a time where we are seeing uh, an amazing uh, transformation in, in a lot of things we do, and so I think maybe we have the ability here to help keep that going in the right direction. But that's just, you know, that's just me talking. That's deep, deep <laughs> again. That's deep again. You know, I want to have a little fun with our name, Black Coffee with a Little Sugar. Um, some of us, we don't even drink coffee, right, Jason? Like I said, this is, we're, we're, we're for everybody here. I'm a tea drinker. I'm a tea drinker. Never, never, you know, tw- uh, 
12 years on the job as a police officer never drank, never drank a cup of coffee uh would never de- would never eat a donut on duty because i wasn't going to get caught up in that <laughs> i was definitely never going to get a picture of that caught uh but yeah no i just i was always a tea it came from my mother she was a tea drinker uh earl gray and of course we can go into all that and how she got that but yeah it's uh fancy earl, earl gray earl, earl gray I tea hot yeah Oh I'm yeah, you know I'm I'm bougie. I'm bougie, man. Come on. Oh man, <laughs> that is something else. And you were a cop too. We'll leave that for oh, another yeah. day, though, right? <laughs> I, I, like I said, I stuck that in there just to, just so folks know. But yeah, it, it, I I was once on that side. We'll forgive but, you, uh, man. But you know there are some you. good cops out there, right? There's some oh, real there good are. cops out there. There's there's a there's a lot of real good people out there, and then there's a lot of broken systems. And we can, like I said, that's a whole nother conversation for another day, trying to keep a little light on our first run through. But uh, I think I think folks will get get there with us. Yeah, I work with a I work with a cop ex cop every day, and she's a wonderful person. So you know, if we just had more people like that, we'd be we'd be okay. Um, so yeah, that's um that's why we're doing this. We're we're here to have. Um, a little laughter. We're here to to really to kind of enjoy and have a voice. Like so, Yvette. Like, what what's going on with um? We have to talk about COVID, but can we can we not talk about COVID yet? Because that's all we talk about. But I think we should, and I think you should lead lead this off since you live in the epicenter of the virus and you guys are messing it up for everybody, right? Yvette? And I'm stuck in my house with like three almost teenage boys yes start with me i want to get these children out of here but i want us all to be able to stay alive i mean it is talking about covid hell it is covid hell in the small loops florida um 30 minutes outside of uh tampa proper but oh my gosh um you don't know whether people are going to explode on you for wearing a mask when you go buy some groceries you don't know um, who's going to do what at any time. So it's, it's scary times. I'm the one that's actually been relegated to um, staying at home because we have two out of three kids that are asthmatic. So, you know, somebody's got to hold it down here. And I think a lot of families are doing the same. Having that designee that does all the things, the grocery shopping, the doctor's visits and all that kind of stuff. So, um yeah, it's, it's kind of scary times down here. You know, Jason, I think, um, what do you have to say? Because, you know, is, is COVID becoming a racial, is it becoming a racial issue now? Is it? Is everything about race nowadays? Well, everything's about it because it because of the way it all falls out. I mean, where where are the most cases happening? Who's got the worst impact? Who's got the previous health conditions and underlying socioeconomic uh, problems that have a lack of healthcare, lack of housing, all those other pieces. So it's always going to be that. I think the bigger thing that right now is, is exactly what we're saying. We're just, we all want to get out of it. And so how people react to that. And if you think you can do it, you start, you sort of stop caring about what it does to everybody else. Cause you just, you start focusing on yourself and, you know, we see this debate around opening schools. We're talking about how do we reopen school safety? I mean, we've all got multiple kids that we would love to have them back in school. Mine are the youngest out of the crew here, and and they need to be around other children. They need to be socializing and, and working with other kids to really develop as human beings. Um, I'm lucky enough to have three. I mean, I can imagine what a single a, a family with a single kid who's at that younger age group is doing, trying to keep that kid from becoming just a, a zombie to a computer or, you know, 
too much of anything else. So I think there's a huge debate, but uh, the safety part is is staggering. It's really staggering to try to think about how do you safely do this and how do you uh, plan for all the other factors. You know, folks who take care have, are caretakers for people who are, are at risk. So there's there's a million reasons why this is crazy. Um, and but you're right. At the heart of it, it is it is hitting communities of color harder. And if you if we ignore that, then we're ignoring uh, a lot of what's uh, what's hopefully starting to change as we move through this this time. At the recording of this, the numbers were 139,000 deaths and 3.5 million people in this country. So, you know, we we better take it serious. We better take it serious. And, um, you know, from from your perspective, Yvette, like like not having a plan whatsoever for school, like what what are you gonna do, <laughs> Mama? Oh well, my kids are home. My kids are going to be home. Uh, one of my children was already home um, due to a lot of the bullying and things. So, um, and then I've had a kind of heart to heart with myself. You know, um, I need to be able to care for my children. I need to be able to teach my children, even though I, you know, I have a full time job. Um, it's just something that Bill and I, my husband and I, are going to have to 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 work it out. And I don't need to be so willing for somebody else to quote unquote deal with my children. Um, you know, I need to be able to to handle them and figure out what I'm going to do, but mine yeah. are going to be home. I don't want to have that kind of worry to think of like, Oh my, are they touching something? Cause I know my youngest is not going to wear a mask all day. He would probably lick the mask or lick the desk or something crazy like that. I don't know. Well, I could say this about you. Like you've always been, a lot more scholarly than me. Your grades were better than me. And you all, you was a straight A probably student. And so you probably can teach. That's not a shock you, at all. You probably can teach. <laughs> I ain't um, doing that. The teachers your, your are going to teach the But here, here's what I can't do. I cannot help my 13 year old with her lessons. I tried and um, I can't do it guys. Like I, I don't understand <laughs> any of it. I don't understand any of it. Oh, it, it doesn't get any easier for younger because then you got three of them or you got multiple ones, you know, so we're 10, 8, 7. And so you're talking about trying to remember back to, to what should be easy math. But now you're trying to do three different levels of it and keep them all going at the same time. And my, that's why we do mathnasium. There you well, go. That's good. So, you know, you know, I spent and we're going to talk about, you know, our backgrounds at some point, but we'll we'll kind of ease you into some of it. But I spent a lot of years in, in the public school district, um, working with superintendents and school boards and leadership. And and I can tell you right now, as of today, nobody knows what really is gonna happen. <laughs> and then that is a scary, that's a scary place for educators to be because by now they're, they're normally just trying to get the last few weeks out of their vacations because they're ready, they, 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 they have a plan. They're, they're the most planful group that you would ever be around. Everything's a plan in the school district, but what's going on right now is even if they have a plan, they have no idea if they're going to be able to execute it at all. And that's just a scary time. It's a sad time. And um, I'm, I'm hoping that certain people in our society will begin to take it seriously because a whole generation of kids not getting a good education, that can't be good, guys. But you know what? There's going to be a time, too, now where a lot of folks who have belittled the homeschooling people, 
and need to reach out and see what, what the heck they're doing so um, we can get our children educated. So I don't want to get in trouble, but I, you know, I got to say something like, so for my, most of my career, and I know there's always exceptions, but the homeschooling folks for a long time were kind of weird. Oh yeah. No, and, like, I, they were I, doing I, stuff like that was not a cool thing to be. And so, no, we, yeah. <laughs> right. But so I, now, I mean, now it's the end thing. We used to, no, 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 here, here, you want to, you want a good story is, is, is one of the first jobs I had was working security at Six Flags Great America in Gurney, Illinois. And they did a buyout weekend for home, the homeschool association of Illinois. And I'm sorry. Those, those folks were a little weird. I, I mean, I don't want to offend, but they seemed, and then maybe that was my lens. They seemed a little bit off from my lens. And so that was, that was what, but I, but I think, I think you're right that we need to show them more respect right now because they've been doing something that we've all, we've all realized is so hard. So, so that being said, I think maybe that's why they seem different to us because well, they were already doing kids all day. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> I know. just trying to make them cool now because like she's part of it. That's Some what that of them is. Yeah. are cool. <laughs> I am cool. I'm the part of the black coffee that's hot. There you oh, go. <laughs> Heaven help us. Heaven help us. Anyway, um, so yeah, we'll we'll keep talking about that because we're gonna try to be on on a consistent basis, and eventually we're gonna have a direction for school, but not today. So <laughs> everybody's gonna survive just like we are. So, I mean, I think we should pause a minute and, and, and reflect on some sad news. You know, yesterday, last night, um, John Lewis passed away and very emotional, very emotional. It hit everybody, it hits everybody differently. But, you know, for me, and I don't know if it's because I've been kind of in quarantine and I've, I'm just emotional and I don't know, maybe I had too many drinks, who knows? But um. <laughs> Man, I cried like a baby. I cried like a baby. And I feel like part of it was just another loss. I feel like there's been loss after loss after loss in 2020. Mm -hmm. And, I'm, you know, you knew it was coming when they announced he had cancer. But why now, guys? <laughs> why now? And um, But, you know, what a beautiful person. What, a, what an amazing story. And, and my hope is that that you know people reflect on what what he was and what he stood for but they also think about what does this mean for today what does this mean for our future and you know I'll let you know Yvette kind of talk about this too I mean he's an American hero I mean when you think about it all that he gave all that he sacrificed and then too another laborer um in the civil rights field passed away yesterday too Dr. C.T. Vivian I mean working alongside him uh, Mr. Lewis and, and Dr. King to make this world a better place for you and me. You know, you hate to, I'm always the one with the song <laughs> lyrics. <laughs> we are the world, we are the children. Don't mess but, up our podcast event. <laughs> yeah. That's that homeschool thing going on. Yeah. <laughs> Not to mention copyright. Hey, 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 hey. Pay royalties. But seriously, though, um, he made this place. He and the people who sacrificed along with him uh, made this a place where we could, my brother and I could talk about things on a podcast or, you know, or go out to eat at the barbecue place. I mean, it's, it's amazing what we've, what we've been able to see and um, it was American hero and, but it's time for us to get to work. It's time for us to stop procrastinating and 
um, and work with all the generations to get some things accomplished. Well, they did too much for us to fail. I think, you know, Stan, you made an interesting point. Why now? And and I think there's an interesting, um, I'm one of those folks that believes things happen for reasons uh, and there's always something, some other plan going on. And I think there's a, the, it, 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 it accelerates the call for people to step up on a larger scale. It accelerates the call for people to be part of the, the larger solution at that, at those highest levels that you need that voice. You need a voice like his in the, uh, you know, in the quagmire that is American politics, but you need more folks to stand up and do what he did and, and do that. And and it starts at the grassroots level, but they need to continue it on. They need to be, you know, we, we joked around about not running for election with this podcast, but there's got to be some folks who need to run for election and need to be in, in places like that. And, and again, the other part for me was understanding that this is another one of those markers for me as to how I have to do different with my girls than was done with all of us. It was, you know, we, you go to school and you go to, you know, most public schools, you, you get to hear about Dr. King and then nobody talks about everybody else that stood with him, stood behind him, stood next to him. Uh, nobody, else, nobody really gets into the depths of who were the other people leading these, these uh, marches and these movements and why they're important and how they got to it. And, Again, those stories can inspire as long as we're telling them, and and we just got to make sure we're telling them to all of our our kids, uh, no matter uh, where we come from or what level we understand it at. I just yeah. Yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, I feel that what what I'm hopeful for is that the generations will start communicating with each other. I think that has been a very a frustration for, of mine for a long time because. You know, as a Gen Xer, you know, I've always been able to talk and have good relationships with baby boomers, as well as, you know, the younger ones, millennials. And so what, but, you know, I feel like part of this movement, there's been this mindset that either you're a millennial and you are just going after it right now because nothing is any damn good, or you're and some people think, oh, you're a baby boomer and you've already done your work and you don't want to do anything else. And and there's people like us that's kind of stuck in the middle. And at some point, I, I I believe that we need to figure out how to work together and get some stuff done. It's the only way we're going to really make it. We've got to figure that piece out, in my opinion. And I feel like this is one of those moments where, you know, people are seeing for the first time, you know, the violence that in a long, you know, that, that people went through and endured and the pain that they went through actually was worse than the pain that a lot of our young people are going through. It really is, you know, and I'm not trying to use that as an excuse and say things are great now, but, you know, you know, in my, in my parents' generation, the dogs came out, <laughs> the dogs came out quickly and the hoses came out and people were killed and people were lynched. And, and so all that, you know, to say that, you know, we have an opportunity to make this better. You got a song for me, guys? Y'all want to sing a song? Got <laughs> <laughs> my kumbaya moment right there. You we know, Heather Brown Walker's got a song called Better, but you know, hey. Yeah, you know, uh, but I mean, I missed, I probably missed that, right? I probably missed that Sunday. 
<laughs> that Sunday, the Sunday before that, the Sunday after that. You don't have I mean, song you know. lyrics for everything, I'm sure. <laughs> so, you know, I think a topic that we really need to talk about too is is the George Floyd um, conversation, the George Floyd movement. And, um, you know, I happen to live, we haven't even talked about where we, where we live. I live in Minneapolis, so I'm living in the epicenter of it. And believe it or not, folks, people are protesting daily still. Every single day they're protesting here. Um, and I'm gonna give my perspective. I, I, I kind of want to kind of take you back to, man, the days right after the incident went public. Um, it was like a war zone. It was like a war zone in this city. And I live in a place, a part of the city that I've never felt unsafe, my kids. And we felt that way for the first time. You know, you could hear, you could hear guns. You could hear sirens everywhere. You could see smoke. <laughs> I mean, it was, everybody talks about that one little area and the media camped out on Lake Street but it was bad all over the city. And there were so many rumors about so many things, so much intel that more people were coming, white supremacists were coming, um, all kinds of stuff. And so that left certain nights where you didn't get any sleep because you didn't know if somebody was gonna have uh, a gas, putting gas in a plastic water bottle and throwing it on a roof of a business or a house. That's what they were doing. and. You know, they started off with businesses and then they started, we, we thought they might go to residences and they said they were hiding those things in people's alleys. And so that left me and others just kind of sleepless nights. And that's part of the story that didn't get told. But um, I could talk all day, but you know, what, what do you have to say about, about what's going on right now, Yvette? So, I mean, it struck me in, um, in a different place, I mean, it is one of those events that you never forget. You know, there's one of those things where you say like, where were you when Michael Jackson died? Where were you when Prince died? You know, where were you, you know, when George Floyd was murdered? Um, so um, it's, it's even hard for me to wrap my head around now and um, I was deliberating what I would tell the kids, but honestly, I didn't have to tell the kids anything because we had the news on and all of them were sitting out here as they were playing the video. I still have not watched the video. I've heard it. I cannot bring myself to physically watch it. Um, one child had a visceral reaction, ran out of the room after it was done. One just sat on the love seat and cried. And one was just like, just sit there, stared at me. I was like, why, why did this happen? What did he do, mommy? And I said, people were afraid of him. People abused their power. The people that were supposed to protect him, they abused their power and and, and they killed him. And, and I'm still trying to um, have conversations around the police and, 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 and how we, uh, what do we do when, when the police come towards us? So it's, it's bigger than, you know, the murder. 
it is, you know, just like, what do we do and why did this have to happen? And then there are the people who want to talk about all the bad things that he might have done previously in his life. The man was murdered. It didn't matter that he did whatever things he did. It doesn't negate the fact that people who had power took his life. Yeah, I, you know, so we, again, we teased it. So here I am, the white former cop, waking up that morning, and I see a blurb, and I didn't see the whole story. I just saw the one picture, and I, okay, that's not good, but it, I didn't even see context. Um, but I remember it now because it's etched in. You know, you talked about knowing where you were when Prince died or when Michael Jackson died. I I almost, uh, you know, look at it as almost a, a 9-11 moment, you know, because of how it's impacted the country. I, I'm never going to forget when I first got deeper into the story and realized what had happened. And then understanding and being at a point where I could see myself in that perspective, I could see, I, I know what it's like to be in those shoes, but I now know what it's like for those shoes not to fit anymore. And it's the concept for me, you know, when we started talking about it with my girls, knowing that it was, it was an easy reaction for them to say, why are the police officers bad? Why are all police officers bad? And, and me having to say, you know what, there's a system that's that's causing this because you know they they're younger so trying to explain it they're not living it so they don't have that and for me it's about looking at why why did they you know i've watched the video i've read the transcripts from the body cameras now you know i get i get the problem and the and the evil and the and the the person that you know Shelvin is what I really started focusing on is where where were the other three and what 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 caused them to not be able to stop this you know when you read the when you read the transcripts there's there's moments when they say to themselves hey maybe we should stop maybe we should sit him up maybe we should do something different and i just i struggle with that fact with the fact that they didn't do more that the, the the singular evil act was then amplified by three. Yeah. And, and that and that and that inability for those three to step forward and say, "No, we know this is wrong," and you can and and like I said, when you read the transcript, you see them struggling with it. You see that the fact that they're thinking it, and you know. And I watch the video again and again, and I see that power struggle. You know, I've talked to Stan about this before. I I I would wonder what would have happened if there wasn't an audience. To me, there's a that you're talking about people abusing their power. He's sitting there. He's now being told what to do, and now he's strengthening his power base of saying, "I'm not being told what to do. I'm not getting up because you told me to get up." And so you 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 pile racism on top of power differential on top pop on top of a bad system, and it, I struggle because I'm still part of a system that's still broken. Public education is not not too far behind in law enforcement when it when it about with its negative impacts on people of color. How do we continue to do that? How do we continue to be that? And so, I know I'm on the soapbox a little bit there, and we wanted to keep it somewhat off of that. Well, but I'm not trying to preach at people. But I just I couldn't I can't I, I can't 
I can't keep watching it happen because again, I, I got into that work to do good and I got out because I wasn't and I couldn't in that work. And it, it hurts. Well, that's the bravest thing that you could ever do is to, to know that you um, can be and, and serve in a different way. Um, and that's a good thing. Yeah, it is. Is you a good man? As a as a black man, I have a totally different perspective than both of you on this topic. Man, I've lived this my whole life. I can't even tell you how many times I used to get pulled by the cops when I was driving my little white Mitsubishi Eclipse and I was commuting. And and so this has been a long-standing thing. This is nothing new. And then I have cousins that we grew up together and we were always concerned about what was going to happen when we're just trying to have fun and then the cops are going to show up and then you know you get older and then you have kids and people the talk is the is the phrase that people like to talk about you know what I don't care what you call it it's an ongoing conversation that I've had with my son and now daughter for years and it's not the talk no, it's, it's the it's the ongoing conversation that about you how to live and make it home. And and I will tell you that when my my emotion was the same when Jamar Clark died, was killed when Philando killed um, when when he was killed when um, you keep naming them naming Brianna Taylor all of them and so all of them people asking well how does it feel it feels the same. And I actually sat down with my kids and watched a video with them. And um, it was fascinating to see the different reactions. Like my, my son, he was moved, but he was also numb because he had seen the other videos too. Like he was like, he, he knows, he understands that it's not right. He understands it's not fair. And the last thing, I, I mean, in, in, in my daughter, I mean, she, you know, she just, she did, she cried a lot. But, you know, I, I knew that this was different here in this city, in Minneapolis, this time, when um, my son, a couple days into it, he asked if he could go ride his bike to the store, you know, get some gum, get some soda, whatever he wants to do. He's 16, and that is nothing. That's normal. That's what he should be able to do. And um, normally, in that situation, he's going to get on a bike, and he's going to be gone for an hour, and so what, right? This is the first time I looked at him and like, man, I don't want you to go. I don't want you to go. And I had a decision to make. I, I let him go. And 15 minutes later, I'm calling him <laughs> to make sure he's okay. It was only 15 minutes. And of course he says, yeah, it's only been a couple minutes. I'm fine. But that's what, that's what felt different this time. It's living in a little bit more fear than we have before, but, but we're encouraged and we're gonna keep talking about this because this issue is not gonna go away. And so this is just the beginning of something new. And um, any parting words that you guys wanna say because we're getting ready to wrap our first podcast. Jason? <laughs> yeah, no pressure, right? Keep it short. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. uh, I keep it sweet. Come on now. Remember, yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit of sugar. You know what? I, I just, like I said, I hope people uh, can enjoy our banter, uh, can enjoy our perspective, 
and I, I, I and our promise is going to be that we're going to keep it keep it going, and we're going to keep talking in a way that is real, but also, like I said, Stan keeps me on track to make sure I don't get preachy. Um, so we're bringing folks along, and not uh, and doing it differently than others, because like I said, a lot of people shouting in this space, and we're talking. Yeah. And I think that's where I want us to be is that not shouting at folks, but talking to folks. So for me, um, welcome to the family. Uh, I'm all about uh, love and acceptance. You know, that's what we're taught in our family. And that's what I hope that this uh, podcast can bring for you a little bit of love and a lot of acceptance. Well, folks, that's a wrap and um, we'll be back. We're going to try to do these on a regular basis. But um, we hope you enjoyed it. And um, until the next time, you know, enjoy some black coffee with a little sugar. Mm-hmm.